Whenever Justin arrives to a session with that small smile on his face, you guys get that? Whenever he shows up with a smile, I'm always worried. Yeah, I feel like that says a lot, and I think a lot of people who play D&D can agree. Whenever their DM has any kind of strong emotion one way or the other, it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. It's like, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's going to happen this session? Yeah. Justin, you hold a lot of power over this table just based on your demeanor as soon as you enter the room. I'm hey, just happy to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I've you always us. smile that like happy. that and sort of laugh when you make eye contact when you're happy to see <laughs> us. <laughs> it's fine. Happiness in this economy? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Can't afford that. Oh, man. Just feeling good. Just feeling good, folks. Mm-hmm. No, we're, mm-hmm. just, we're just getting into character. Every feeling we get, we sublimate into dread, because we're in the domains of dread. Justin comes in happy, that's dreadful. Justin comes in uh, feeling dreadful, that's also dreadful. Doesn't matter, it's dreadful. We're in the domains of dread. No, it's going to be fun. That's why I'm happy, is because I think this is going to be fun. I'm not going to lie, though, I did spend a good chunk of my week like wondering what the best way to deal with this fight is going to be. And I've been very back and forth. There's just, there's so many undead on the battlefield that, like, my first thoughts were that this is an impossible fight. That this is a guaranteed total party kill. The old TPK. There's at least two dozen ghouls down there. There's well over two dozen zombies. You killed, what, two of the ghouls, I think it was? Yeah, so... Maybe not well over two dozen ghouls anymore. There's still (laughs) 50 plus enemies on the battlefield. So when you guys like decided to come this way, I don't know, I did what I could to deter you. I think I asked you guys like three, four times if you wanted to keep going. (laughs) Kept reminding you of the timer. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with this. Are you sure? (laughs) Fuck. Pretty much. Because, yeah, looking... At this battle, at a glance, like it looked crazy enough that I thought to myself, there's no way they're going to stick around for this battle. Actually, I thought to myself, there's a million places they could go in the house. They're curious about like what's going on, what happened to Casimir at the gatehouse this early in the day. They'll probably just go there, right? I really didn't think you guys would come down here during the day. (laughs) This is the most tangible threat. Like, we've, we've went into rooms, and then it's like a boo haunting, and then that's it. Like, who knows? We could go back uh, tomorrow night and look at the ceiling in the uh, dining room, and everything might be all right. We'll volunteer Salash. <laughs> uh, but, like, like, the elevator was like, one and done. Oh, is it going to be a thing? Is it not? These are here. If these get released and they come up behind us at some point, OMG, that's going to be bad. Van Richten wanted this place clear and first ancestors anyway. So now that we're coming in from a a more advantageous point, we know we have a strategy. And yeah. with a full tank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. just tossed us somewhere willy-nilly and surrounded us all with undead, oh, we're dead. Action economy. But now that... Where we are, it effectively evens it up. It's just a war of attrition. No, it makes sense. It makes sense that you guys came down here, like, looking back at it, but... I, I just was saw just... the experience points, man. <laughs> There's that, too. Honestly, there is that, too. I just got distracted by all the other possibilities that could happen, right? All the other directions you guys could go in. Like, this was at the bottom of your list. It Definitely. really was. I even thought to myself, like, you know, if they do come down here... They'll see how many undead there are, and they'll just turn around and leave. But then I saw it in your eyes last week, and I see it now, too. I see it. You guys... We have to make you roll 50 individual <laughs> initiatives. It has to happen, Justin. That's not going to happen. We've already like group-rolled them. But you guys, basically, you have all these undead in a pit. You have the high ground. You control the choke point. You have a character wearing full plate blocking the choke point. You're level seven. It's early in the day. You're fully rested, well stocked on spells and abilities. And the linchpin, the spike growth. For real, though. 
Because despite all those advantages you guys have, like my first thoughts were that all it was going to take was, you know, for a ghoul to get lucky, maybe get to Troubadour, pull him into the pit. You know, I thought the first would try to attack him maybe. And once the rest see that's not going well, that was definitely like the next plan of attack was to start pulling you guys down. But then Lucifer Venari cast spike growth. And that definitely, I mean, to put it bluntly, that means all these undead are fucked. <laughs> That's really what it means. If I had like an army of undead archers, it'd be a different story. I could like fire off a bunch of arrows and, you know, one would probably hit Lustra, make you roll on concentration to keep the spike growth going. Might get lucky. Just peppered with 50 arrows a turn. Right, like the numbers would be in my favor. Like I'm bound to get a hit with 50 D20s, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just not the case. Got a bunch of undead melee fighters who are basically standing inside of a meat grinder and Lustra just hit the power button. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll start getting into this. You guys want to play some D&D? Go oh, into yeah. it again? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to hit that power button. Now that a dragon born for this. Nice. Nice. How long have you been waiting for that one? So long. Like episode <laughs> two. Now that I've had a, a week to kind of digest what the spike growth being cast really means, though, let me kind of paint the scene of what this battle looks like after a round of combat. Spike growth covers 44 tiles of the map. <laughs> 44 <laughs> tiles of the map. Yeah. And again, if like it was if it was something other than undead, like if I had an army of goblins, even the ones in the spike growth could maybe warn the others and things might go differently. But these are all like low intelligence zombies. I like to think you know, on their turn in the first round, they just charged forward in hopes of eating you guys. I think the closest ones started, you know, shambling through the thorns and the vines, not really realizing what the fuck was happening. Their bodies getting kind of torn to shreds. It feels like their legs are falling asleep times a million. <laughs> Absolutely. It's bad news back there. <laughs> it's really bad news down there. Music to my ears. I like to think the ones like even further back, though, like push forward too. They're so dumb. They send that front line even further into the spike growth. Most of the ghouls fell for it too. They started charging forward. And so I'm ruling that at this point, all 44 tiles of spike growth are filled with undead, every single one of them. I mean, they're <laughs> oh all... Like, it's just one of those moments where you guys did all the right things. Like, you had the right marching order. You cast the right things. You know, even if we, like, really got into the nitty-gritty and started rolling for individual zombies and being like, okay, well, this one's missing two health, this one's missing 11, I still think it's just... A friggin' turkey shoot based on the battlefield. You guys have a big advantage here. All that being said, I'm still gonna try to get what I can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damage wise. We totally have such agree. a big advantage. It's going to be even more embarrassing when we fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, Lamon's ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, son, you're in a really good spot. It would be really awkward if somehow this fails. <laughs> but if it succeeds, it makes up for that zombie I missed in front of him. Yeah, I mean, he's not here. He's not here to see it. You can just tell him about it. Is he going to believe you? If a zombie dies in a cave, does anybody, you know... <laughs> and no one's there to see it. Does it actually Does it, it, does it actually happen? Yeah. Does it bring honor to your clan? Brings honor to me and therefore my clan, yes. By the transferative property. Okay. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> you are, though. Like, the past few episodes, like, since we got to this specific domain, Lustra Venari show. Spike growth 
is definitely stealing the show right now. The only thing down in the pit that's not in the spike growth right now are six ghouls. There are six ghouls that were kind of, you know, at the far end of the room, the far end of the circle of undead that aren't affected by the spell right now. They seem to be like trying to take control of what's going on again. They're furiously shaking their rattles and, and tambourines. They're ringing those little finger bells. They're trying to get the horde under control, but you can see it's not going their way at all. The other 44 undead that are affected are in just complete chaos, I would imagine. Some of them have fallen in the spike. Some of the smarter ghouls are trying to turn around and get out, but they're being pushed forward by like, the rest of the horde in the back. It's just an absolute mess. Oh, God, it's Costco on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of thinking more of like... Uh, Back in the oldie days when humans used to hunt like bison and buffalo and they would just, you know, they oh. would, and push them off a cliff and the ones at the edge of the cliff like, no, 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 no. But then the other ones behind just push it off. Troubadour is the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> just push them all into Troubadour. Come at Through me, the buffalo. Spikes. There's so much flesh and gore like on the spikes and the thorns and the vines too that a few of the zombies have even stopped to like eat the undead pieces oh. of flesh. They're fighting over ripped off pieces of leg, and it's chaos. Oh, that's sick. Just a big, giant pile of pulled pork. (laughs) (laughs) All that really matters, though, I guess, is to figure out what the rest of this combat looks like. I've already rolled a bunch of dice for the zombies that are in the spikes to see how much they've all taken. And like I said, I didn't really want to get into the minor mechanics of it all and track a bunch of individual things, especially in a fight that at this point, I think you guys are probably going to come out on top, I think. Should be easy unless the dice just really don't cooperate, which is always a possibility, but... Never happened. I'm ruling that they've all kind of taken the same amount of damage. Conveniently, zombies and ghouls have the same max HP anyway. So there's basically like a magic damage number you have to hit to bring any one of these things down that are in the spike growth. Still six on the outskirts at full health, but the rest are one magic number away from death. Oh, I want to find it. Hit the zombies hard, though. Also fair. Also fair. Van Richten is kind of stuck in the back of the line. Not a whole lot he can do, but for what it's worth, he'll kind of give Lustra and all of you the blessing to just, just says destroy them. Every last one of them. Oh, very nostalgic, huh? Oh, shit. Sorry. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Anyway. He scowls at Tess, but turns it over to Slash. Top of round two. Slash, how would you like to kick this off? Well, unlike the other more combat-minded classes, um, there's not much a bard can really do in the hot gates of 300. (laughs) So Slash is only going to do what he can. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything ghouls can do that are frightening uh, or charming, but Slash is going to go ahead and just begin a counter charm. Um... Just in case something happens, there's some kind of howl or wail or something. Um, So counter charm as an action, I start a performance um, and anybody who can hear it uh, gains advantage on saving throws against charm effects is basically what it is. Um, So Slash being the oratory character that he is, uh, his voice kind of double tracks with, with, with glosses as he goes on to explain the the worth and power of the individual, the the removal of authority and the strength of oneself. I won't bore you with a <laughs> lecture otherwise, but it's to that tone and effect. Um, with Slash, in-game, definitely starts boring everyone with a lecture about exactly that. <laughs> yeah, like, if there was any charm effect, we'd just be like, oh my god, oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> what the hell is an Ubermensch? 
I like it. So some resistance against charm. Yes, until the begin until the beginning of my next turn. Yeah, the bard starts barding in the back line. I love it. That's going to bring it to Lustra Venari. Mm-hmm. Would you like to drop concentration on spike growth? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Worth a uh, shot. Hell no. <laughs> uh, what I would like to do is, considering that there's, what, six ghouls that are outside the spike growth, um, and I want to do a clean sweep of all of them, um, I'm sure I could weasel my way to take a shot at one of those guys all the way at the back. Yeah, sure. And the great thing is, is that my bonus action force damage thing, it doesn't take concentration or anything, so I can still charge up my railgun. Oh, boy. So I can still, so bonus action, you know, the drawstring starts focusing on that force energy. I start pulling it back. It coats that arrow. Oh, wait, that, no. You need They're to be within 30, 30 feet. feet. Yeah. You're right. Would you like to enter the throng of zombies and ghouls to get in range? Uh, <laughs> and spike growth. Don't no. forget the spike growth. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I can't do the force damage then. Darn. Well, th- I, I can still declare sharpshooter and still hit him for a truckload of damage. Yeah, Absolutely. So just no force damage, just sharpshooter. Let's see what we got. You're kind of second in the uh, marching order. Which you guys have to your advantage, too, the troubadour being mm-hmm. of his stature. You can just kind of poke right over his head, I like to think. Fire mm-hmm. a few shots off. Ah, oh, sharpshooter. It could be Tess, and he can shoot yep. all around. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. Cover doesn't doesn't matter to me. Uh, That's a 10. 10 to hit? 10 to hit. I guess cover does matter a little bit. <laughs> 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 well, I can do it again. I'm, I'm doing sharpshooter again. They can't have that high of AC, right? Oh my God, I can't. Lamin's just coming down from the. Hey, it's an awkward position, okay? <laughs> uh, that's a 15. That's definitely a hit. Okay. Tell me, tell me what I can and can't do, Dad. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be 15 damage. Oh, very nice. Very nice. 15 damage to one of the fresh ghouls on the back line. Mm hmm. Um, and just, you know, sidle my way back and maintain concentration. Beautiful. It's a good shot. Arrow pierces, like, right through the tambourine, sticking the tambourine to his chest. He starts to do a shimmy and shake to keep it going. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to bring it to ghouls and zombies, though. Or more specifically, zombies and ghouls, which is actually something I think you also have in your advantage because had the ghouls gone first maybe they could have taken control of this situation a little bit but it was the zombies that went first in initiative and I really think zombies are just going to shamble right into all that shit oh hell yeah and that's exactly what they keep doing everyone try (laughs) to look extra tasty the zombies try to get out of this spike growth some of them have stopped caring, like I said, and are just eating the flesh next to them, fighting over little pieces of torn zombie, taking maybe even more damage as they do so from just thorns and spikes that Ugh. are all over the place. Oh, God, it's like eating a razor blade apple. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, it's uh-huh. a flurry of flesh all over the place. Oh, it's every man. mother's worst fear on Halloween. <laughs> How much uh, is spike growth again? 2d6? 2d4. 2d4? Yep, 2d4 for every five feet it travels. And it's difficult terrain. Man, oh, man. It's insane. Man, I'm never sleeping on spike growth again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go ahead and uh, roll the first 2d4 there, David? Yay! I get to roll d4s for like the second time ever this campaign. (laughs) Uh, that's a whole three damage. <gasps> and then go ahead and roll it one more time as they keep just panicking and moving around. Not necessarily panicking, but just, you know, mindlessly moving towards flesh so and I, not caring. I got three the first time. I got seven this time. Oh, oh dude, boy. Man. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Go ahead and roll me a d20 and a d4. Okay, I, I, I kind of like this. 
Uh, so I got a 13 on the D20, and I got two on the D4. The zombies on their turn get no progress done, really. 15 of them drop in the flurry of flesh. Holy shit. Despite growth, just ripping them to shreds. Those that remain, which looks to be still a healthy chunk, I think. Let's see. It's like there's about nine zombies left on the field. None of them make any good progress. The ghouls go next. Go ahead and roll two more d4 against the ghouls because all of them are at least going to try to get out of this. Okie dokie. I got a six on that. Oh, that's pretty good. So much damage. (laughs) Wait, wait. Do we put this up on the fridge as the most damage with one spell? I... (laughs) I feel like that's cheating. There's just so (laughs) many targets. So many. It's so much. You guys ever play StarCraft and just try to get up a hill with lurkers? (sighs) No? Okay, moving on. What a mess. What a mess. Go ahead and give me that D20 and that D4 again. Let's see how many of the ghouls just drop in this fucking disaster. Uh, so I got a 16 on the D20 oh. and a 4 on the D4. Damn. <laughs> Damn. When it's all said and done, after the zombies and ghouls have tried to move through, that's what, 35 of them? total just drop in the mess of thorns that is down there. You guys have really just created a battlefield of razor blades. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of ground beef. (laughs) Everything's just bottlenecked right there over the razor blades too. You guys hold the choke point. It's insane. What a freaking mess. What a mess. Siege warfare is fun. Nine zombies and four ghouls remain in the spike growth. There's still the ones on the back lines to deal with. Those six start to turn and run towards the back tunnel. If you remember, there's another exit out of like that little pit they're in, the cavern they're in. They start heading in that direction and manage to essentially make it right there to the opening of the tunnel. I am going to roll to see if one of these stupid ghouls can pull Troubadour down. Fair. You can all the mess. That's appropriate. I I was getting (laughs) greedy. It's a nat one. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, it's a nat one, so I'm ruling that there are now just three ghouls remaining because one of them just, like, impales himself on a spike trying to climb up. Ah, yes, the ghoul, Bataran. (laughs) Tess and Troubadour still left to act in round two. Battlefield has changed very quickly. I think Tess is first. Yeah, Tess, what do you want to do? Uh, Tess is gonna like make her way up from behind like don't worry I know it's gonna be a difficult fight but if we work together we can oh don't touch me it's really hard concentrating on this <laughs> um this is a lot um and Tess is gonna be like I I guess I can still help are those ghouls dead or are they still reaching for you Troubadour? I'm not sure. It's, it might be muscle memory at this point for her. Okay, well, let's see if I can try to cut one of their arms off. Um, and she'll just swing a couple of times uncertainly at, like, this mass of gore that is still somewhat moving. Nitesh closes the gap towards one of these three little ghouls that are remaining. They're already torn to shreds. You can see they're barely clinging on. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's see if we can fix that. 29? Um, does that hit? Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, for 13 da- damage? Two ghouls left. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, 24 mm-hmm. for 11. 
one ghoul left. Ooh. Sure, why not? Let's just let's just keep going. Um just like slice through them like butter. Like almost overbalance and then just like take the momentum spinning back fist for the last one. That that tracks. Uh, uh that's a nine to hit. One ghoul left. <sighs> you know what, that's fair. Um I'm just gonna back off and leave this to you guys. She's gonna sort of like try to make way for anyone else who's in the battlefield on my turn there troubadour is going to come down to you then still holding the choke point in your full plate your sword already wet with blood from the ghouls or undead juice (laughs) ew that's worse one ghoul left in the pit nine zombies that honestly look like they're probably going to off themselves on the next (laughs) turn well, I yeah, I can just imagine. It's it, you see in those um, post-apocalyptic zombie movies where there's just the torso crawling. Like these guys have been like they're getting shredded from the feet de- feet up. Like, yeah, they're just running along they, a cheese grater. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> losing the boots, losing the shins, losing the thighs, and like whatever's gonna come up. So like, I think um, we'll need to say a prayer for the boots. Yeah. The, the ones that are remaining, the ones that are close enough that there's, like, stabs and, like, arrows and everything going on. I think Troubadour's effectively taking the dodge action, and he's just, like, using his spider climb to, like, he'll just jump and flip and um, have Tess dart in. He becomes a door, and as she comes back, he does the same thing, and he's just, like, he doesn't take up as much of the space physically, so he is just darting, sword waving, shield waving, just jumping and pushing and making sure this is a one way door uh, if you're not alive. Oh, that's, that's that dope. is awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome visual. Take inspiration. He's like this. I love that visual of like a shield wall and then the wall opens up and Lucifer fires the rail gun. It's a couple of stabs from Tess and the shield clinks back shut against the wall. I, I imagine it. a very tiny, you know, like, gnomish, like, saloon door. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> That's great. I, I am the spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I'll just I'll just keep that barrier so that they can't get at anybody behind me. And Luther will rub his temples as he's concentrating as hard as he can to use this spell because <laughs> it's using to its maximum efficiency. <laughs> Just having to regenerate those spines, just like, God, God, there's so many. (laughs) Van Richten will offer quick healing to anyone who might need it. I mean, I got sort of my face torn off by his his old friend last session, so I could use some. Give her. I'll I'll take a level one if you can can snag it. See if he makes his his check, which is now lower, because you guys found the doll. Hell yeah easily makes it. Yay! You said level one? Yeah, if that's cool. Nine points of healing from Van Richten. Yay! Up above half again. Thank you, Van Richten. You're quite welcome. I I am sorry that I did that one-liner earlier. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? I still have an attack. Stab for nine points! Van Richten giveth. And he taketh away. Slash. Anything you can do? Nope. Uh, I'm guessing he's just going to continue his counter charm. His lecture has gone on from, you know, discussing authority and strength in oneself to um, continuing more in the, you know, you're better than everybody else. You know, you should listen to yourself more often. You know, sort of stroking everybody's ego at this point. <laughs> See, society has told us that we need to earn our place. The thing is, society needs to earn our respect. Exactly. (laughs) Hell yeah. We're amazing. This is in combat and pretty quick, so I just assume it's more like a really cringy, preachy TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Don't be a beta male. (laughs) Lustra, what do you want to do? Uh, rubbing my temples, maintaining concentration, 
through the strain, the the actual mental strain of that, I'm going to stick my head out and I'm going to go. And are there any zombies within 30 feet? There are still nine zombies within 30 feet and one ghoul. I mean, they're all... Honestly, it looks like they're going to take care of themselves <laughs> at this point. You know what? I'm just going to let the spike growth do its thing. I'm just going to hold the dodge action and just keep focusing all of my might on this spike growth to make sure that it stays up. <laughs> Such a broken spell. <laughs> I love it. Nothing special. The spike growth will do its thing. And be like, I am better than everyone else. <laughs> I just killed like 44 zombies. Thanks, Slash. My God, you're right. Dad will be so proud. <laughs> Wait till I tell Rena about this. Maybe don't give as vivid of a description of the like rotten goulash, though. Mm, mm. In a desperate attempt to claw its way towards Troubadour and pull him down into this mess, the last ghoul in the spike growth becomes destroyed shredded and the nine zombies oh, let's go ahead and roll a d10 just to see I'm more curious to see how long you keep the spike growth up because I feel like the spike growth is also stopping you guys from like running after all the other ones so let's see uh, how many are still up after a d10 uh, I rolled a seven. Oh, that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> there are only two zombies left in the spike growth after all that mess. Just two zombies that got lucky on the damage rolls, we'll say. Just rolled a lot of ones and are still just hanging in there, eating flesh that is now just raining down on them. <laughs> Just standing there, like, mouths open. <laughs> like turkeys? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like chickens looking up at the rain, just... Gobbling it down. Why do we keep making that reference? It keeps showing up all the time. Uh, I know guess Lucio would ask of the party, should I drop the spell? How's it looking, Troubadour? I, oh. Troubadour, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna spell it different now, like an actual door. <laughs> That's the episode name. I guess, yeah, if there's only two zombies, if we want to chase the other ghouls, or leave it up, and I'll run, Tess can maybe jump over this stuff, uh, and then we'll, you know, take the way around. I'd, I'd say keep it up, actually. Lustra nods in, a, in you know, in agreeance and starts rubbing his temples a bit more. Okay, yeah, sure thing, sure thing. Think spiky thoughts, Lustra. <laughs> spike growth stays up spike growth will stay up very good very good what is left of the zombies becomes shredded in the spike growth that you're leaving up all that's left are the six ghouls that disappear down into that tunnel oh, are they gonna cast spike growth <laughs> <laughs> Go get Radavan. Quick, prepare different spells. Well, I mean, I feel like we could take six ghouls. I think I might drop the spell. Because we've got nothing, no immediate threat anymore, and the rest are just running now. I mean, suffer no ghoul to live. And every, every undead that we kill now is an undead we won't have to deal with later. Unless the reset button gets hit real hard. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's the play. I think I will drop spike growth if that's the case. If it's just the six ghouls running away and there's nothing in front of us, the spike growth did its job. Yeah, it certainly did. You lose sight of the six ghouls as they run down the tunnel. Troubadour, I'll leave it, or rather Tess. I guess Tess and Troubadour, leave it up to you two as to whether we want to stay in initiative or get out of it. I mean, the ghouls are intelligence. They seem to question is do we do we think that they were going to get something or do you think they were just fleeing because if they're fleeing we bar we barricaded that door we'll have well we can be a hammer to just crush them if that's if that's what we feel yeah there's only the two exits right now behind us and where they went right yep yeah this is kind of 
Now you get a better look at it. This is just like a big natural underground cavern. They just kind of ran into while digging a tunnel. Okay. Yeah, I. I think I want to. I think I want to end the ghouls. Like, I, I doubt that they're hiding anything here. Yeah. Well, push comes to shove. We've got another choke point. If they have another half hundred zombies. And I can cast spike growth again. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no. Alrighty. I think we have our, our orders then. From now on, Justin only attacks us with one really big zombie. <laughs> or he doesn't give us a choke point. <laughs> also fair. Yeah. Um, if the spikes are down, I think Tess is going to get a little running leap and try to jump over as much of the gore as she can, which is about 15 feet, so there's probably she's probably gonna land in some slurry. Definitely gonna get your feet wet. <laughs> yeah, just do like just land on a zombie torso, skateboard it to the end, just like boogie board that shit. <laughs> um, How much movement do you have? I have 50. So 50 won't get you quite to the tunnel by itself, but you like easily clear all the gore. Okay. I don't want the shoe to go on the other foot and suddenly get surrounded by ghouls, so I'm going to post up here. Uh, can I, is it a straight tunnel, or is it sort of like still twisty and turny up there? How much can I see? Uh, perception right quick. Cool. Uh, 12. So maybe it's your keen elven ears. You don't quite see them. Maybe it's a wind in the tunnel or it's just too dark, but you can hear little finger bells running away and pretty confident like they're they're just out of sight. Okay. Like if you had another set of movement here, you could catch up to them. Fair. Uh, Tess is going to look back and relay that and she says... They're getting away, but they're not moving very fast. Uh, and she'll post up, wait for everyone else. Your call, Troubadour. Okay. Is it my, my turn? It is. Uh, sorry, Yay! I my turn. Well, in that case, um, you can't get a cool racial ability with like spider climb and not use it all the fucking time. <laughs> uh, so Troubadour is going to follow you, kind of, because he's going to do it from the ceiling instead of the floor. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to... I'll take a dash action, run across the ceiling, and basically meet Tess at the edge of the tunnel. Yeah, because you'd have a total have of 80 if you're 80, dashing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Run all along the ceiling and land right there at the mouth of the tunnel. I'm ready. Just give me six seconds while everything resets. <laughs> Works for me. That's my turn. Van Richten is going to climb his way down, start entering the cavern. Troubadour 2, you can tell you're right there. You can just barely see like those outlines of ghouls shambling away. About 20 feet away from you. Slash, what do you want to do? Um, Slash doesn't have the same kind of uh, movement speed as the other two, but he is going to take his full dash action to get as close as he can, which would be 60 feet. Um, stepping almost like you do when you get a soaker, like you step in a big giant puddle and then you got you lift up your foot, you're like, ah, but it's like <laughs> that every single time so as he goes through like all the all the gu like gunk and muss and gore. <laughs> and Slash is just like, ugh, 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 kind of thing. Meat is very weak. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meat is so gross. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't Rainer have cut off my leg that I don't have to do with half of the shit. <laughs> Looster, I guess that's going to bring it to you then. We're still going to stay in initiative. What do you want to do? Your spike growth is gone. Uh, well, I don't like the fact that they're getting away. Um, and I got to lean on the only AoE I really have. So if I manage to drop down, go to like one side of the wall, can I cut the angle and see the ghouls? Oh, man. 
to do another spike growth. Lustra special number two. <laughs> hey, oh, that's no. my shtick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's got, it's got a cast range of 150 feet. Oh, my God. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, it's a 15. That's a troubadour just pointing like, they're there. They're right there. It's true. I think that's, you know what? Yeah, just to. Add insult rip, to injury? <laughs> yeah, just to well, just rip the band aid off mm-hmm. and not have to grind through you guys, destroying six more ghouls. That's enough. You get the spike growth off. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and give me that spell slot, but I'll trade you an inspiration if you don't already have one, just for. <laughs> wrapping this up, I think. <laughs> yeah, for the- single-handedly defeating a quote from just an impossible encounter. <laughs> it like, really felt like that at first. Hold my boots. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Holy shit, man. And the funny thing is, I still have one more level two slot. Oh my god! <laughs> Yay, level seven! What's this look like? A spike growth goes up on the ground. Like, what do all four of you... Just summarize what the end of this battle looks like for me. I get the feeling that they're running, they saw what happened to their friends, and you probably have the range that just as they're, you're hitting the edge just as they're hitting that, so they're starting to cheese uh, greater feet, and the ones that stop and turn around get met by a wall of fists and flaming swords. Yeah, honestly, I'm just imagining, like, from the ghoul's perspective... They're running. They're like, okay, we can make it. And just like Clan Ostium, they feel like they're in a giant dragon's mouth, just full of teeth, <laughs> just suddenly inside, like like the entire tunnel, just covered in spikes, roof, walls. I don't give a shit. Like, Nah, man. Nah, man. The best way to imagine it is, you know, like the Mortal Kombat movie oh. with the spike pit with the Mortal Kombat, <laughs> like, you know, symbol. Replace the Mortal Kombat symbol with Clan Ostium symbol. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just shoot up from the ground and they just all die on the spot. God, what an effective spell against some zombies and low-level undead. It's incredibly effective. Oh, my God. Incredibly effective. I have earned for them to be a favored enemy. <laughs> I've killed enough of them now. Yep. Fair. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Holy shit. I feel like Slash seeing this would I'm almost imagining instead of seeing like the clan Ostium symbol come up, it's like the zombies are running and as they're running, they can it's not that they're running into the spikes, the spikes are chasing them, catches up to them, and then like lap like basically gets past them. And then they stop and they think, Oh, maybe if I go back the other way, because it just started, but then they realize that it still spikes as far as they can see. And they're just like, Oh shit. And they kind of just give up on the spot. Just give up. <laughs> Lay down their arms. Literally. I love, <laughs> I love that image. Spike growth in one direction and you guys in the other. I think you'd all have time to kind of catch up, too, to that tunnel entrance, right, as they're kind of turning around to flee back out. What a mess. What a mess. Good job, everybody. Got yourselves a bunch of experience. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sure you want to do at least like a quick look around, see if anything of value. Oh, yeah, just in case. We'll call it 640 when you're done with a quick peek. It doesn't take much searching to determine there's really not much of value here unless you want either uh, tambourine, finger bells, or bongo drum ooh bongo rattles that kind of thing a lot of the musical instruments they had are still salvageable aside from that there's nothing of value all right so Slash, take your pick <laughs> so what now i think at this point it's carrying on through the cave um i don't want to speak for everybody but i feel like the other end of this cave is likely the other end of the mausoleum and we can Start this day off the way Van Richten wanted, which was to pay respects to his family in the mausoleum. This time, without a horde of zombies. Yeah. And maybe that will do us some favors back at the house as well. Um, moreover, this will put us closer to Carl's place as well, once we come out of the cave 
and out of the mausoleum, and we can go see what Carl's up to at this point in the day, since he seems to be prime suspect number one for murder and hanging oneself. Definitely looked that way yesterday, yeah. A reasonable theory for sure. So you keep trudging on through this tunnel. At 6.50, you arrive at the end of the tunnel. Just on the other side of this dugout hole, and see the kind of propped up and moved aside stone slab. You see kind of the back of it. You assume maybe like the the top of a sarcophagus or some stone slab that's kind of halfway blocking this tunnel entrance. I'm assuming all of you kind of march on out yeah. with a little bit of trepidation, but mm-hmm. eventually make your way into what is for sure the mausoleum. There's a lot of marble work, a lot of stone slabs against the walls. Many of them are crumbling, but a lot more are still intact. You see, inside the room, the mausoleum is a bunch of mortared vaults. And there's four freestanding tombs inside as well. Sixteen vaults in total. Ten of them look like they've never been used, indicated by the the lack of a nameplate. Van Richten starts talking, said it was my grandfather, Frederick Van Richten, founded this estate 113 years ago. This mausoleum is reserved for the direct descendants of my grandfather. One of these empty vaults is meant to one day be mine. As you walk around, take a glance around the room a little bit more, you realize, like, the floor is filthy. There's a lot of, like, zombie filth. And upon closer inspection, of all the closed stone coffins in here, of all the vaults, there's only two that haven't been completely desecrated. Everything else has been forced open or destroyed. You see Van Richten's eyes kind of glance over to the nameplate of his father, Otto Van Richten. That tomb, the lid has just been pushed over to the ground and is cracked. What's left of the remains are just tattered, decayed bits of clothing. The dead bodies in here have all been devoured by undead. There's nothing left. And Van Richten just kind of falls to his knees in silence. What do you guys do? Slash, not being great with uh, comforting, is going to look to Tess as if to say, like, can you comfort him? And is going to investigate the nameplates on the sarcophagi. The two that remain say Frederick Van Richten and Ella Van Richten. They're right next to each other. You assume Ella must be his grandmother. Mm. As Van Richten is on the on the floor, Tess will just pull him into a hug and almost like try to press his face into her shoulder so he's not looking directly at them. Uh, almost like, almost as though he is the six-year-old young Master Van Richten that everyone in this domain seems to see him as. And she'll just say, I can't imagine what is going through your head right now, but just know they are trying to hurt you. Anything that has been destroyed here can be rebuilt. We can... And then she starts just breathing a little more erratically. I am sorry, Doctor. I don't know what to say. He almost like gives in for a moment. 
and shakes himself out of it almost, stands back up to his feet and kind of pushes you away, not rudely, but gently. And he adjusts his shirt collar and says, No matter. We must carry on. You all may have just destroyed the vast majority of the Corvera tribe once again, but there's still one that remains. I must keep my focus on that. He gestures to the two closed coffins and looks at Salash, who's close by, and he just kind of shrugs and says, feel free to open that one as well. The hell does it matter anymore? He starts to walk towards the exit of the mausoleum. Lustra will catch up to Van Richten. Hey, look, I'm, I'm young, I'm dumb and naive, but there is a particular optimism that comes with that. And one thing I kind of want to say, because I see that you're angry and that's right to feel that way. But just because these bodies are gone doesn't mean that they're gone. As long as you have the memory of them, that's the important bit. There's value in that. And it, it, the memory of them is what's important. These were just a representation of that, but that doesn't mean that their memories are destroyed. And you can take strength in as long as you remember them. I take trinkets and things, you know, of everywhere that I've been to help me remember. So maybe take a page out of my book. And even if it's just a small stone from here as a token of remembrance so that you won't forget. And that in spite that the bodies are gone, there's still something you can hold on to. Because forgetting is... You don't want to forget this. This is, this is your bloodline. This is where you've come from. You want to pay respect? My suggestion is just take something with you for remembrance. And make a uh, like persuasion check on Van Richten. Okay, well, considering how important this is to Lustra, I'm burning my inspiration on this. Oh, I like it. Okay. <laughs> it did nothing. It did nothing. I got a five. Oh, that's, no. That's with advantage? I rolled a four and a five. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> you just, just don't give speeches like your father. He just no, accidentally no. says, hey, loot your own family's tomb. Do it. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> It'll make you feel better. <laughs> Van Richten, still just filled with rage and anger. As a matter of fact, like when you run up to kind of catch up to him, Lustra, maybe, you know, place your hand on his shoulder as he's walking away kind of thing. Like his first reaction is to just turn and give you this stern look, this like, what? And as you finish trying to put him at ease, he looks no different. He's just seething with rage. There's a loud roar of thunder outside. You see, like, a bit of illumination from the lightning strike. Van Richten just says, where to next? Hearing the loud what, and Slash <laughs> sort of ponders even exhuming these sarcophagi. He goes to reach to open it before he can hear, like, a voice in the back of his head and the voice of Tess as if to say, this isn't right. He groans, turns around, and sort of, I imagine, you know, Van Richten and Luster are kind of, like, halfway up the stairs, and Salash turns the corner and calls back up. You may have lost respect for this place, but I know you have not lost respect for your lineage, where you've come from, and who you are. Van Richten, you've had many years of experience in this plane and in material realms in general. It would be a disservice for me to do this myself. I'll do it. <laughs> I would ask that, if nothing else, you at least do it to fulfill your own wants and needs of being able to move on, to see for your own eyes, if you truly choose to leave this place behind, what exactly it is you're leaving behind. Do this with me, if for no other reason than closure. Van Richten 
turns heel, stomps back in the direction of his grandfather and grandmother's burial sites and puts his hand on the lid, starts to push with you. As well, is anyone going to help me? Salatra immediately. Oh, yeah. With ease, both lids are opened up. The remains, intact remains, of Frederick and Ella Van Richten both lie peacefully. See the decayed, tattered, the kind of Victorian-style garments. Frederick Van Richten has this beautiful this rosary style necklace like it looks kind of like a beaded rosary around his neck with a golden oval pendant some magical runes kind of etched into it he's got this very elaborate silver braided ring with a blue gemstone that is set into it He's been buried with his favorite pipe. Dibs. <laughs> Van Richten, as he sees these two bodies, does kind of his shoulders slump back down a little bit. The tension breaks a little, lets out a sigh, and says, those two pieces of jewelry do seem to be very clean, despite everything else being so aged. I'm sure you won't mind if we borrow this for a little while, will you, Grandfather? And takes the ring off the hand himself. Mm. Tosses it to Slash. Slash will grab it. See, doesn't that feel better? I suppose. Where to next? Do we have the wand of detect magic? Sure do. I'll give that a crack. Whip it out and... Well, it'll de- it'll detect magic. If he's saying it's already magic, let's hold on to those for now unless we're not going to tune to them now anyway. Yeah. Keep those charges. Mm-mm. We can't use them at the moment. Oh, yeah. Good call. Good call. Okay. Uh, what's the state of uh, Van Richten's supposed sarcophagus that's here that he's supposedly going to be laid to rest is that shattered it's just like an empty vault right it's like a a, a section of the room that's been like carved out the marble walls are up that kind of thing but nothing 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 broken on it or anything no it's just like an empty space that's been set aside for him there's Mm -hmm. no no coffin yet to break fair enough you're next signed radonovich no I think I think while uh, Van Richten and Salash are going through those other, you know, the grandparents' sarcophagi, I feel like Looster's going to take his own advice and take a couple of r- pieces of rubble of marble and just shove them in his pocket kind of thing, just as a means of taking something. I like it. Uh, Troubadour is going to do a similar thing and go for some of the grave dirt um, and dust, and similar to how he took Lenara's blood and held that onto the flail, he's going to soil his tabard so that when he's out avenging things, that at least part of their spirit's with him. Sounds good to me. Do that with no issues. Before Slash pockets the ring, he'll look to Van Richten. Well, if we've got everything we've come for, this has been important information for us to find out. I suppose the next location for us would be Carl's establishment. Find out what he was doing around this time and follow him more closely through the day. Slash will look to everybody else for nods of agreement or shrugs of I don't know. Yeah, Van Richten at least has already sternly started walking away. You guys take the amulet in the ring. I'm going to go help open the door. There's a bunch of stuff in front of the door, yeah. <laughs> what assholes put that there? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give Troubadour a hand as well. 7.05, you guys managed to move enough stuff out of the front of the door. Well, just, you know, everyone's piled up against it trying to push. Eventually get a big enough crack, you can start moving individual items out of the way. 7.05, you're out of the mausoleum. And back outside 
in the graveyard where nothing has changed. Everything looks the same. It would take uh, from here, if you walk, you know, a nice brisk pace, you could be at Carl's cabin in uh, about 15 minutes, 30 minutes, if you want to go out to the gatehouse. I want to take a quick glance at those coffins, see if they're today fresh, yesterday fresh, or God only knows. Sure. Yeah. You go into the little uh, workshop in the cemetery. Give me an investigation. Oh, goody. (laughs) That's a six. They appear to be in the exact same condition they were yesterday. Hmm. Troubadour is going to find the smallest one and just mar the bottom of it. Okay. Then I'll catch up. We'll run. And off to Carl's we go. Yeah. Just before we've, like, every, after everyone's um, gotten the mausoleum open, this will be the last to exit. And she'll have just been, like, quietly looking at all of the, like, the order of the sarcophagi. She assumes that there's a pattern like the oldest are in one place then Van Richten's father and then the place where Van Richten will be um and she just goes to the place that would come after Van Richten and she'll take the white rose she plucked from the uh from the rose garden and she'll just place it around where Erasmus should be and she'll join everyone else on the trip to Carl's. I like it. Mm. I like it. I think that even though Tess can't see on the ethereal plane, there's like maybe a little, little breeze that goes through the air. That's a little colder uh, than normal, but you make your way towards Carl's little cottage at seven twenty. There is signs of a little bit of activity at Carl's place. A little bit of smoke coming out of the chimney. What do you want to do? Okay, so what time does Carl leave the house? Because we've already said we know what people are doing because they're in their house until they leave, right? So did he leave around 10? Did we see him like leaving because we dealt with Casimir, went and ate some apples, walked by Carl's house. He was still there. Then he left at some point to go start the yard work, right? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was there. Yeah. When you first, on day one, when you first passed by coming from the gatehouse, he was at home. Then you guys kind of went to the cemetery on all, and all that stuff. Okay. From there, you kind of went towards Richton house which I think 10 o'clock is about right, maybe a little bit before, but right in that area of time, you saw him working outside on the grounds. I think you guys opted to uh, take a short rest in the woods, wait till noon kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. 10.50, he was outside. Yeah, watch him Crystal continue Hill. to work in the grounds till lunchtime. So the things that we don't know are what happened to Casimir, after 8.30, because we know up until then, we don't know after that. He, we could have left, and then one minute later, he could have, like, exploded into Eldritch Horrors. Who knows? So, the other thing we don't know is, did Carl steal anything? We don't know what's in Carl's house. I say we send a delegation. I volunteer to go just get on a hill and stare at Casimir until something goes wrong. We wait until... Carl leaves his house and then we go ransack the place. It's going to reset tomorrow anyway if we stay there that long. One other thing I do want to investigate as well is the bones of Thane um, to see if they're actually gone or have they also reset given the nature of how we sort of put that to rest. Yeah, you guys have hinted at, at that too, your desire to maybe tell Casimir about that. You guys have the, the dog toy. Yeah, I, I say we go to Casimir because Carl's going to be here for a bit. I like the ransack the house. We do know he's going to come back before he goes to the house anyway. He goes to the mausoleum first. I'm looking through my notes. He mm-hmm. stays in. He stays at his place till about nine o'clock, and then he makes his way to the mausoleum for a short period of time. 
he makes his way towards Van Richten. Yeah, towards Van Richten House, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the mausoleum. You guys went to the mausoleum at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. He took, he would have taken the other path in the fork. Yeah, and it's around 9.05 specifically that he makes that trip. So we know that Casimir is at the stable house around 8.30. We know that Carl is leaving towards Richten House for about 9 o'clock. So until then, we have we know where their whereabouts are for the time being. So if we want to go and check for Thane, in the meantime, we have time to do so. So Thane, Casimir, Carl's house, and then we'll see where it goes from there. I yeah. think is the is the routing here. Yeah, I'm gonna lock into shadowing Casimir if something weird, ha- if something weird happens and he's still doing stuff, I'll just keep keep distance, keep looking at Casimir. I just want to know what happened to him. Um, but that doesn't mean the rest of you can't like do uh-huh. the rest of the ransacking. I'm bad at investigation anyway. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I think that's the plan then. Oh, I, think I like it. The plans to are we checking Thane first, or are we just going straight to Casimir? We have we have Casimir's whereabouts. We still have time. We still have about an hour to get to the stable house, and we know that Carl doesn't leave till around nine ish. Well, we had smoke that was leaving his house at nine. We don't know if he's still in there by then, but we know that there was still activity in the house. It could be the fire just letting out. So, but I think the play here is Fane, Stable House, Carl. So you want to make sure the body of the hound is still there, Mm -hmm. and then you want to head to the gatehouse. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds good to me. You guys at 725 start making your way to where you remember finding the buried Thane. By 7.30, you managed to confirm that the bones are still there. <sighs> the ground has kind of been recovered. The soil has been reset. But the bones are still there, and the toy is not. Like, you guys have the toy. You then make your way towards the gatehouse. You arrive at 7.45. You post up, maybe just off the road in the woods a little bit so that you get a good vantage point on the gatehouse. There's a plume of smoke coming out of the chimney. Clear that there's a little bit of activity inside. And we'll find out what Casimir's morning looks like next week. Come on. I hope he still has his pajamas. Just tell me he's Radonovich in disguise. (laughs) 